Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of Crossroad Limestone, Limestone Athletics. Hey everyone, on episode 14, we have member Kathy Ferry on the show to talk about growing up and learning her love for fitness. After we start talking about when she was diagnosed with breast cancer on the Easter long weekend, 2020, how she dealt with hearing the news and dealing with her image after chemo. It's a great talk as she talks about her journey and her outlook on life while going through all this. Enjoy guys. Hey Kathy, how's it going? Hi, amazing. Awesome. This is your first time doing a podcast, right? Absolutely. Okay, no, we'll be good. We're just going to have some conversations. We're just going to talk about you and kind of how you got involved in fitness and everything that comes up with that. So let's go right from the beginning. What is kind of your story of how you got involved, like fitness? Like, let's go back, like, to the beginnings here. Yes, back to the beginning. So it's the early 80s. People are wearing those... um, you know, those body suits that go right up the bum. Yep, the Jane Fonda yep. days, yes. perfect. I owned those. Um, so I was the um, kid who had asthma in school. And unfortunately at the time, the um, accepted practice was to um, load up kids on prednisone, a, a steroid, and give them a note um, excusing them from gym class. So I was that kid who didn't really learn how to do basketball or volleyball or any of that stuff because I was sitting on the sidelines. Um, asthma affected me for a long time until finally I decided to join a local gym and try to... years later was this? So this is like, I don't know, I was 14 years old. So I'd lived with it already for quite a few years, so eight years already. Um, and had struggled, but had come across something that suggested trying exercise as a way of overcoming the obstruction associated with asthma. So I jumped in. And then when I was 16... I became a certified fitness instructor with the leotard, the Jane Fonda-esque appearance. It was pretty funny. So got the music going for all that too. Oh yeah. This was back in the days of just like 58 high knees and then like the grapevine. And I was that person all the way through high school into undergrad. And I've evolved my fitness to meet the trends of what's going on. So a lot of it, the Taibo trend, I started teaching boxing, fitness, yoga, I got into yoga, cycling, I got into cycling. Um, along with that, I had a journey where I um, studied to be a physiologist. So I taught exercise physiology and nutrition at Queens. And I. So you taught, is that where you went to school too? That's where I went, yep, Queens U all the way. And uh, yeah, so I ended up with all this acumen about the human body and it's been quite exciting from that venture, but um, what's led me here primarily... Um, Where's here? Like, are you talking about the gym here? Here, or like this, this gym. Point in your this life? gym with CrossFit is... The problem as we age is that our metabolism starts to decrease. It goes on a, a solid decline. Um, the only way to overcome that is to get stressed out to to be ill um, then your metabolism will speed up if you're a smoker it'll speed up uh, or if you maximize your muscle mass so I'm I'm here for the smoking and the muscle mass exactly just oh, right. kidding that's just <laughs> that's not funny 
<laughs> so I, I, I'm here for the muscle mass. That's that was prime. That's my primary goal, and um, I feel like the more muscle mass you can accumulate, it's like investing in an RSP. Like you, you start from the bottom, right? So you're you're trying you're trying with low weights, and and you're doing the best you can, and it feels like you're not really like you're not really amassing much, that, that not much has happened in that workout. But like an RSP, you invest a, a few dollars here and there, and then before you know it, you're a millionaire. And I, that's the way I feel about muscle mass and workouts. No, for sure. I 100% agree with that because we always say, like, just try and be 1% better than the day before, right? The little bit exactly. today. And, like, the studies have shown that, like, they always talk about um, – like VO2 max and stuff like that. But they're saying now one of the biggest indicators for longevity in life is how much muscle mass you have in your legs. And they're testing people like in their 70s, the people who have more muscle mass in their legs just because they're more functional. So they're able to keep moving absolutely. every single day. Yes, absolutely. And if you see people in the hospital, I mean, the, the biggest thing they're doing, and, and maybe this is different from, it, from the way it was before, but right after cardiac surgery, you have to get up out of that bed. Otherwise, you just go down this decline of sedentary, loss of function, and then before you know it, somebody has to assist you to get onto a public toilet. And I just, I don't, I don't want that. I want to, I want to be the strongest person I can be um, today and 20 years from now, and then 30 years from now, and 50. Now, with that, <laughs> is that what you mainly focus on when you're like teaching physiology and all that? Was that like your like your forte or? Um, a big part of it at the time I was teaching, and, and it, it's still a trend to this day, is people want to focus on weight loss. How can I lose weight? How can I lose 10 pounds? And um, happily, the answer again is maximize your muscle mass. So you could, you could do the, the hardest workout in the world and burn 2,000 calories in your one hour, but really the more muscle mass you have, the more calories you're burning in your time off. And that's that's the goal, right? Have that great workout for that one hour, but in that other 23 hours of the day, how do you burn the most number of calories and succeed in your weight loss regimen? And the answer is by maximizing muscle mass. So really all paths lead to one thing, muscle mass. Get stronger. Absolutely. I think everyone should be doing strength stuff, even whether... It's to lose weight or not. If you want to become a better runner, absolutely. You got it. Um, the more you got it. The more tissue, like the stronger your tendons around the joints, the more you're gonna be able to protect itself. I like to call it like 100%. Um, you become more bulletproof. Absolutely. And there used to be this thing for a long time about this functional muscle mass, like that slow twitch muscle fiber that allows you to do like 400 reps with like a one pounder weight. And the thing is that that's that kind of regimen is is totally fine. But real gains that you find with strength and function happen from fast twitch muscle fiber development, which is carrying bigger muscles, uh, sorry, carrying bigger weights. So loading up that weight as much as you can, taking a risk, trying to lift it and going to your maximum. That's really where the true gain is with respect to muscle, overall muscle mass. So yes, I am, I am pro pro muscle mass. Pro get strong, I love it. Yes. Now, was there a time when before that where you're like, Talking about the trends and all that, because it's always a trend. Hey, I want to become more toned. I want to become um, like skinny and things like that. Now I think it's going the other direction. Everyone's like, "What is like, what looks great are very fit people, right?" Absolutely. Um, versus like that very skinny Victorian Secret model type thing. Was there a time yeah. when you before were like, "Hey, I just want to be super skinny," or were you always like, "Hey, I want to be as strong as possible"? 
Um, well, I've always been pr I'm, uh, pretty slight. I'm not, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say slight. I'm, I'm slim. Um, I, I will say though, I, I was sensitive to weight gain. Like certainly um, after I had my kids, I was, I was worried. I'm, you know, am, I, am I ever going to get back to the person I was? Um, How many kids do you have? For, I have two kids. But um, I worked out the whole time. And even, I will say, during my pregnancy, despite people being concerned about this, I actually tried to um, work out with more weights. So again, during, <laughs> during pregnancy, your cardiac output is at the highest it'll ever be. It's, it's an amazing time. Cardiac output is the limitation for any workout that you do, right? That's, that's, the, that's the part you want to you wanna maximize, right? So during this precious time while I was pregnant, I used it to work out, to increase muscle mass. Now, primarily in my legs because I, because I, I you know, I thought that's, that's the, um, your, your biggest um, opportunity is in the legs, of course, right? Because that's 100%, where, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, during my entire pregnancy, I was bench pressing and hack squatting and, um, trying to maximize as much muscle as possible in anticipation of following once these kids are born and I'm going to be breastfeeding and, and holding on to extra fat. Again, the best way to lose weight post-pregnancy is to maximize muscle mass and maximize your metabolism. And of course, it all, it all seemed to work out. It all fell into place. It all falls into place. That's yeah. wicked. Now, um, are you still doing any other teaching? Yes, so unfortunately, as a result of COVID, um, a lot has changed and gyms have shut down. Um, but I, I was actively and still actively teaching. Um, right now, my, my teaching of choice is a mix of yoga, Pilates, and um, a bit of Tai Chi. And it's just, it's just where teaching has brought me. There's a lot of um, physiotherapy movements in it that lend to... Um, increased mobility through the spine and, and whatnot, and, and a focus on core strength. So I find I excel in teaching uh, a class like that um, because there's, there's time to hold a movement, there's time to explain things, and I really love teaching and talking about the utility of the movement that we're doing. Um, so that's just been a, a, the kind of class environment that I've gravitated to in terms of teaching. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Now, another thing I want to talk to you about was kind of um, one thing we always say at the gym here, overcoming adversity, right? We all have life challenges, not just what happens inside the gym, but we always find that what we do inside the gym gets us ready for outside the gym, for overcoming some of these challenges. So I just want to jump into um, a couple of things with that. And one of them, everyone can always talk about COVID and kind of like how it set us up. But you have a different challenge that you had to deal with before that. Yes. Want to jump into that? Yes. So, actually, I was I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer in 2020 over Easter weekend. Um, I was diagnosed with a, an aggressive form of breast cancer, and um, at the time, I I felt shocked by it. Um, I'm I'm quite young to have been diagnosed with this. Uh, but at the same time, it was a an opportunity to be excited about meeting extraordinary conflict. Exactly what you said, adversity. Um, everyone's life needs to have a story. So if anyone ever made a movie about you, you'd never want 
the movie just to drone on about your day-after-day life where you watch Netflix and go to the superstore. You, you want to have an extraordinary conflict. And this was mine. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer and um, I underwent a surgery to have removal of the tumor. Thankfully, the margins were quite clear. Uh, when uh, a tumor is removed with breast cancer, they tend to go somewhat into the armpit as well and explore nodes. So you end up with um, a surgery that extends from wherever the tumor is in your breast along into sort of right into the armpit, almost into the, um, like into your tricep, bicep area. That alone can be pretty invasive because what happens is along with tissue removal, you have injury of neurons in that area. So a lot of us breast cancer, uh, quote unquote, victims can't really feel anything in my armpit. And right now to this day, if you tried to tickle me in, in that armpit, I, I just wouldn't laugh. <laughs> yeah, but that's funny because you're always laughing. You're probably that one of the happiest people in the gym here. So there, there tends to be um, some numbness and, and lack of function just in that sort of armpit area, which is interesting. So for a while, I couldn't even lift that arm up. Um, so that was that was sort of the, the beginning of issues to deal with that. Then Do you I, still have issues with that arm now? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. I probably always will. Um, and it, it ends up feeling like a neuropathic pain. So sometimes there's like little shooting bits of like like just aches and pains and yeah, you can feel stuff all the time and um, yeah, it's weird, it's intriguing. Uh, it's, it's almost like a phantom limb, that's what it feels like. Like going down the whole arm? Uh, no, 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 just like into the armpit and kind of into the breast area, just where the, the surgery was done. Yeah, it's neat. Then um, I had eight rounds of chemotherapy. Um, so I lost my hair and um, chemotherapy isn't the cachectic uh, sort of weight loss scenario it used to be. Um, what happens now with chemotherapy is that they provide you with some heavy drugs. And in, in my case, I was provided with, and actually it's an antipsychotic called olanzapine, which is meant to reduce nausea um, and also kind of just knock you out because the, the chemo does make you feel sick. It makes you feel like you want to puke all the time. You just have these constant um, mouth sweats and diarrhea and you just, it's just, uh, it's an uncomfortable way to go through your day your every body's day. body's not feeling good. Uh, oh, and you're just exhausted. I mean, I, I tried to do a couple of workouts like at the beginning of chemotherapy, but once the chemotherapy gets going by like the third week, it starts accumulating and you feel like you've aged about a hundred years. So even just to get up and go to the bathroom, I was just, I was exhausted. Somebody would come over and they'd all be standing around. Like, you know how you kind of stand around at a party? I just couldn't do that. I'd have to always be sitting down. How soon was this after the initial diagnosis? Because that was Easter weekend. How soon yeah, were you doing chemo? So by, by July 1st, because there's some time they have to wait to maximize your healing process in the wound because chemotherapy kills every single cell, including your inflammatory cells that you need to heal. So they wait for perfect healing, scars closed, everything's perfect, and then you begin mass destruction. So into the summer of last year, I was uh, bald. I gained about 20 pounds just due to, um, they put you on a massive dose of steroids as well. And it's the combination of the steroids and um, this feeling of, of, of nausea that you just end up craving carbohydrates and just eating your face off, which I did. Um. <laughs> How do you think eating with all that would help the recovery process too? Um, it, it, I wasn't choosing good foods. I mean, literally, uh, I was 
eating a container of Haagen-Dazs every day. Th these aren't, these aren't nutrient-dense foods that you crave. You crave like crap, pasta, just yeah, sugar, just, uh, yes, sugars, constant sugars. It just, that's, that's what you end up craving. And I remember reading an article once about how certain palatable foods, like favorite foods, can end up acting as an antidepressant. And I, I wonder if part of my cravings were, were trying to also, you know, increase a little bit of serotonin release and make me feel a bit less depressed about the scenario. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I went on an eating binge and um, <clears throat> gained weight quite quickly and lost a lot of muscle mass, obviously, because I, I, I just stopped moving. Now, how long did that last for? Like when you're taking the drugs and all that and being basically down, like yeah. where you couldn't do much and just eating. How long How long was that period? Like did that carry all through the summer or like by September you're able to... All through the summer. And then in November I started radiation. So sort of the final papow of treatment with cancer where they radiate the, um, the actual point at where the tumor is located. The radiation itself can cause a lot of fatigue as well. So I kind of went right from chemo and gaining the 20 pounds right into a state where I was just even more exhausted and kind of still eating. <laughs> because once you start eating, you're just kind of in that habit. And I wasn't ready to jump out of bed and start a workout. So I just kind of stayed at that plateau of being sedentary and wanting to feel full. Well, because it changes your habits, right? The eating. Well, it changes of, your of chemistry course. inside your body. Now, that's a huge shift in your identity there, right? Because you're always yes. like, hey, I want to get stronger. I want to keep moving and all that. And now you're dealing with this, the effects of cancer, lying in bed, eating a lot. How did that go? Like, how did you, like, what made you change? Like, okay, I'm going to get up and start moving again, be the active go-getter. Um. I'm so glad you asked this because it's, it's a huge deal. When we think about cancer, everyone is just like, oh my gosh, like it's this, it's this moment of, of you're facing your own mortality and it, it, it feels terrible. You're putting your will together and it's all about death and everything. But actually, I, I, I never thought I was going to die. I always knew the tumor would be out and chemotherapy is amazing and so I wasn't going to die. What well, how come you never thought just because you just knew you are going to overcome it or it just wasn't that bad? Or uh, I just knew I was going to overcome it and I'm familiar with how treatments work and how amazing our medical system is. So once the tumor was removed and the margins are clear, that meant that the cancer was gone. It hadn't metastasized. It hadn't spread. And then once you do chemo and radiation, what it does, it just takes care of any little bits of fluttery cancer cells that might even be around. So it's like it's like killing something and then killing it again to make sure it's dead. That's that's how strong these these treatments are for cancer. They're they're extremely aggressive. So I knew I was going to live. I was in the best hands possible. Everything was great except for the fact that I felt like my entire body face had changed and I've never been a vain person I don't wear makeup I've never been the type of person to be worried about that or seek compliments or you know on my wedding day it was never about like how great I looked or anything like that and then suddenly literally from the top of my head all the way down I just felt absolutely disgusting about myself I was bald um, chemotherapy does age you to some degree so I 
I felt like looking at my face in the mirror was just filled with wrinkles. And then on top of that, um, I was I was getting like like a little bit of a rash on my skin <laughs> from the radiation or from the chemo. I'm not sure, but it just ended up creating like some sort of weird rashes on my skin. And then my breast area, it's it, it, I, I hadn't had a mastectomy done. It was just a, a lumpectomy where the the lump was removed. But what happens when it's removed? They remove all that tissue, and they literally just sew up the points where they removed. So Right now, I've got one nipple that looks hard left, and then the other nipple looks normal. So looking at myself naked in the mirror was just like, ah. <laughs> and then I gained all this weight. So I had you know, these giant rolls that I wasn't familiar with. It just looked, it looked like I was looking at a stranger. It was just so strange to, to see myself in this. And I'd gained so much weight, nothing fit me anymore. I couldn't get a bra on. I mean, even so at um, post-surgery, my doctor was saying, just make sure you wear a bra because it'll add extra uh, support to that side. And I, I couldn't fit any bra on. So next thing I know, I'm going bra shopping. But, but I've gained all this weight. Everything's awkward. And it's COVID, so you can't actually go bra shopping you yeah, have cause to i was going to bring that up because so, so when you got diagnosed so yeah you got diagnosed during the easter weekend so everything was shut down then and this is just a totally gong show for you yeah it was hilarious so i yeah so the bottom line is i i would wear like little um swimsuit tops or like bikini tops that i could tie up at the back because i just i just couldn't seem to sort that out yeah and my left arm i couldn't quite lift up overhead it was just it was like looking at someone who was at the top of their game fitness-wise, and then a month later, they're just a different person who can't even get out of bed. So it, it was Did a, you have a, a very, hard time going out and like meeting people too? Or? Oh, my, of course. I didn't want to see anyone. Um, you know, people would want to come and visit. And I was like, no, I just, I can't face people like this. So, so yes, there was quite a decline in self-confidence just from that alone. Um, on top of that, I was trying my best to put my best face forward for the kids because they're watching me through this and I didn't want to, so they're 10 and 12 and I certainly didn't want to show them, I certainly didn't want to show them that I was worried about dying. Um, and I certainly didn't want to show them that I was so vain that all I could think about was how awful I looked when I had cancer. Um, cause that's not quite the right lesson to teach either. So, um, there was a lot of sort of going by myself and just uh, kind of having my own little breakdowns about that. And Did you ever talk to anybody about that? Because that's going to be hard because you're saying you're not vain, but you're dealing with a identity crisis here. Absolutely. It was like, it was like having a, a midlife crisis, but like not ever getting the awesome car or anything amazing out of it. Yeah. <laughs> not going on that big trip. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, there's no... <laughs> There's no cool Jaguar at the end. Um, I didn't speak to anyone about it, mostly because, again, it's during COVID and uh, those kinds of appointments were difficult to set up. They were limited. And uh, also, I, again, you, f you feel shameful about complaining about that. It's like you're dealing with cancer and what you should be worried about is the, you know, your life, your future, the future of your kids and, um, your functionality and getting back to work and all those things. And all I could think about was how ugly I looked and how awful it was making me feel. And what a horrible 
thing I was going through because I gained 20 pounds and was bald and my face had a rash. <laughs> so it, it feels a bit petty, right? You feel bad for feeling that way. Yeah, and that's just a downward spiral. That'll be hard. I don't think it, exactly. Like, of course, you're going to feel shameful for thinking that, but I think that's totally common to start thinking that because at the end of the day, we all have a little bit of vanity. Like we all want to look better naked. We all want to um, not have these rashes or like lose the hair and stuff like that. Yeah, or have so the left that, face nipple. Yeah, yes. exactly. And I think that's <laughs> completely understandable. But all of a sudden, to have that change over essentially yes. overnight wasn't like this happened over a year or two. This was weeks, right. months, right? Right. And so I think that's totally understandable to think that, but that'll be so tough and trying to have a poker face in front of the kids. Right. So the way I dealt with it, because I wasn't sure how to go about reaching out for help. I wasn't sure how to just sort of try to be myself without addressing this huge change. Um, so over the Christmas holidays, I decided that I, I needed to change my perspective about what, rather, excuse me, change my perspective about the way I was going to look at myself. Instead of looking at the mirror and seeing what's on the surface, I had to decide for myself and create a new mantra of what, what am I gonna fall in love with right now? I gotta, I gotta create a love affair with myself. So what am I gonna fall in love with that isn't gonna be dependent on the exterior? So I'm gonna fall in love with my drive. I know I'm a driven person, I'm motivated. So that's a good thing. I'm gonna fall in love with that because not everybody has that and I'm gonna maximize that. And that's where I started to say, okay, what, what am I gonna do to show myself drive? What am I going to do to show myself off in front of myself and say, hey, look how amazing and hot I am with my drive. And that's when I started working out in the basement and creating goals for myself and saying, you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. Um, the radiation did have some effects on the inflammation in my lungs. So it, it um, increased or exacerbated my asthma to some degree from being a kid. And um, even now there's some evidence of inflammation still there. So now we're six months later, but it's still kind of there. But and I knew all that was there, but I knew it's not going to hurt me to go to my limits. So let's get this done. Um, so in January, I just started in my basement. It was still kind of COVID shut down. Um, and I just started skipping and like running from one end of the room to the other. Um, I uh, got a chin-up bar and tried my best to jump up and then just do eccentric, like slow all the way down. That's amazing. And I... I just did it every single day. And every single day when I said, I am way too exhausted to do this, I would just get up and do it. And I would go a little bit more than the day before. And I would try to fall in love with myself, not with the exterior, but just with the drive. Isn't this amazing how driven I am? I'm doing this. I'm getting up out of bed. I'm getting this done. Um, then when the gyms opened back up, um, I got back into teaching. And that helped to some degree as well, even though I felt awful putting, you know, exercise wear on and being a leader in front of other people. So um, I think people would look up to you that you're back that soon after going through something like that. Um, I don't know. I didn't ask anyone. And frankly, it was just it was just nice to be back in that environment. It made me feel like, OK, this is a step 
forward towards me creating a new me and, and bringing a part of the old me into the new life. So it was this constant, it was like I was trying to put a puzzle together and I'm trying to find the right pieces for how, who is Kathy gonna, gonna be? Do I, now I, I can't use that one piece because that, that piece is like, you know, the external, you know, thin piece. So let's get rid of that piece. I gotta replace that puzzle piece with something else that is gonna fit into this puzzle that I'm gonna love, but it's gonna be different. So I'm, I'm still, obviously I'm still trying to put this puzzle together and try to figure out who I am and who I'm gonna be. But little by little, I feel like each day I'm starting to put those pieces back together. So it's, it's getting better and better. Well, you're just um, trying to get better a little bit each day. That's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other big part of this was I wanted to go somewhere new, somewhere I hadn't ever been before, where no one knew me, and create a new journey of fitness. I knew I wanted to maximize muscle mass again. I'd lost everything, so I was like, I had to, I was thinking I have to focus on that. That's gonna be the, the primary for choosing a gym. And I wanna do something that I have not excelled in before that's gonna be brand new. So I have nothing to compare it to. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way of saying, oh, I was so much better than this before because it didn't exist. There is no before. So that's why it's brand new. I have nothing to compare it to. Starting with a blank slate. Starting at zero. So there's only one way to go. You can only get better when you start at zero. So that's what brought me here because I knew that uh, I knew that this was my blank slate. That's amazing. That's a great story. Because um, we always like they always say, fall in love with the progress, not with the end result. But when exactly. people to become happy with what they're doing. They love the progress, the drive, every single day. And that's what you chase. Not like the standing on the podium or on the exactly. winning championship um, stage there, but it's like the process, right? Exactly. And that's what it seemed like you had to recreate that drive, that love for that process. Yes. And I, I feel like the big part of it was I had to stop comparing myself to the person I was before. And, and that's a big deal, right? You have kids and you think, oh, I'll just, I'll bounce back to the person I was before. I'll bounce back and I'll be that person who still fits into those clothes or still loves what I loved before. Or I'll get back to, you know, drinking wine with my friends and all that stuff. All of that is abolished after, with cancer, or, or at least it was in my case. So it's actually exciting now to think of, this is okay. I'm, I'm okay to let go of that. This is like a brand new start in, in every way, not just fitness and drive, but this is a brand new start with a whole bunch of other things too that I was so desperate to not let go before. That old me is, is gone and now it's, now I can choose whatever I want and start from zero with everything. Well, it's like getting up and leaving the country, going to a new spot. Yes, exactly. This is my, yeah, this is like the uh, midlife crisis but instead of the Jaguar, I get the whole new, like well, I, I get, get the whole new landscape. you just get loud music and coaches cheering you on. Totally. It's a little bit different, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, yes, and I love this environment. Um, yes, so what I really like here is that, um, yeah, no one, no one knew me from before, there, so there weren't any expectations. And it feels so nice to see such a huge range of skills. So I love that I can look to my left and there is someone just killing it. And, and that's my idol. That's the person I'm like, I want to be like that. And then there's someone on my right 
who is doing things differently because they have an injury. And I'm thinking, oh, what a great idea that they've done that instead of the way it's supposed to be, or sorry, instead of what had been prescribed. Uh, prescribed. Um, what, what an excellent option. I'm gonna keep that in mind. And then I'm looking at my own square and thinking, you know what, I can, I can, I can step back if I need to. I can, I can fall off this box if I need to. I can fall off that bar. I don't, I don't have to get it perfect. I just have to keep trying. That's, that's the goal. So yeah, this is just the perfect environment for that. No, and it kind of shows that like, it's a quite um, diverse crowd. Oh yes, because we got awesome. people that are like, well, we have some. They started as teenagers. Now they're in the regular adult classes. Yes. Some are experts city athletes. Some are just the everyday, like we call them, just mom coming in. Right. Yeah. They just come in. They just want to grind. Yeah. Um, it's just a little side thing that it's like the third stop from home yep. here work, and that's it. Totally. And then we got some other people or just, yeah, this is like their second home. And it's quite different. And I think that's what we all love about it. Everyone has a different story, different backgrounds. We got a lot of people that would probably never be friends yep. outside of here, but they became friends here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just coming back full circle to when you said, did I ever go and talk to anybody about it? I, I keep coming back to that question even now, like six months later, and I should again in six months and a year from now and, and two years from now because it, it is important to, to express yourself and say, you know what, I felt shameful about this or I didn't feel like myself or I didn't know what to do next. My feeling now is that having been here and seeing my own progress and feeling like I'm progressing, this is my way of talking to someone about it. Do, do you know what I mean by that? Yep, like 100%. Yeah. I just feel like I don't um, I don't feel the need to stay to say out loud what I feel I'm just expressing through what I'm doing every day. Just through your actions. Just my my own actions are my own therapy. These are my own steps to to getting better, to recovering, to creating ever, the new me. Do you ever talk to your kids about it? Kind of like, I was going through this before or conversations that you have with them or? I, I, I feel like they know, even though I, I tried very hard to cover up this quote unquote vain part of things. And I, I did try to make as many jokes about my appearance and self and whatnot as possible, even though inside I was devastated by what had happened not what had happened to me, what, what I, the, what you the choices to. that, yeah, what I looked like. Um, so I, I try not to, to bring that back with my kids too much, but what I, what I do notice are the little things that they're saying, like, you know, oh, like, that's great that you got back to the gym. That's great that you're, you're, you're working out again. That, that was you, mom. You were the person who always worked out. So of course you were always gonna get back to the gym. Of course, you were always going to teach again. Of course, you were always going to do this again. They don't ever expect me to put on high heels and makeup. So that's not the way they saw me. They never saw me as that person who was thin or, you know, beautiful anyways. I was the person who was driven to work out, who was driven and motivated to keep going no matter what. And that's, I didn't, I didn't, 
I didn't really know that's what they saw me as before, but now afterwards them saying that, that is the way they saw me and that is the way they continue to see me. So mm -hmm. it's Do they it's do cool. any like sports or any of that stuff? Are they very active? Oh, yes, yeah. So yeah, Carson's really into baseball and um, he's an avid skier. They, they both are excellent skiers. They're, they both have that zeal to take a risk, to, to say, I don't know if I'll be good at this, but let's go and do it and try it. Um, Selena is um, an incredible acro dancer. So unfortunately she's extremely flexible and every once in a while will show off her flexibility moves to me and I'll shake my head and sometimes push her over. Yeah, and try and just not compete with that. Yeah, totally, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Now, if anybody ever wants to find you, is there a way they can reach out to you? Because I know, um, like, you sell some mugs. Yes. Want to just mention that? Yes. So, I used to be a scientist. I am Dr. Kathy Ferry. I have a PhD in neurophysiology. However, when my kids were born, I opted to quit any semblance of a job or career aspirations I had in order to stay home with them. And I thought the best way to do it was to create a business at home. So I learned business online from Google. Yes, I have a... I've referenced that once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so I make mugs at home that have sweary phrases on them and whatnot, so... Well, what, were, what are some examples here? Off Mo the top of your head, can you think of any? Motherfucking homeowner. Is, is one of them with with a heart in the U, so it's not it's not like a swear yeah, word. It's not bad. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> yeah, it's so, it softens it up a bit, right? <laughs> Still badass, but it's not like a full blatant. I like it. Yeah, so that's my business, um, Lace and Twig, and Lace and Twig. Uh, Lace and Twig. Okay, yeah. how do you spell that? L A C E, and A N D Twig, T W I G. On Instagram, yes. It started because I the way I started my business was finding twigs in my backyard, and I, I glued lace to it and sold that online. And I was so driven to sell that that I, I did not waver from that product until I sold them. So, uh, yes, and it all happened. It's all worked out. It's all worked out. No, that's <laughs> the dream has unfolded. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if anybody's looking for you, lace and twig. At, well, I guess on Instagram there. Yes, but also, yeah, come and find me at the gym because especially if you've been through anything, cancer or otherwise, we all have our moments. We're at the very bottom, right? So no I get it. Peaks and valleys, so. Yeah.